Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, we are talking about two ultra-masculine men in terms of today's society and culture. We've got Logan Paul. We've got Will Smith, one of them, actually getting a huge victory this weekend. But the question I pose, are they actually taking a loss as men? We're getting into that and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, fine people. Good morning. Happy Monday. We made it, and you have made it, to Outkick the Morning with me, Charlie Arnold. Uh, Okay, so let's get right into it. This weekend, Logan Paul won his boxing match, if you can even call it that, against Dylan Danis, because uh, when you look at what actually transpired in the ring, Paul landed 108 punches. Danis connected on only 16. So Danis was also disqualified for attempting to use MMA moves. So really not much of a match, to be quite frank with all of you. Uh, But... The buildup was a brawl. This took place for weeks leading up with Danis going in, talking major smack about Paul and his fiance, Nina Ogdahl. So the real question here, and this is what I pose to all of you, even though Paul kicked Dylan's butt, Dylan embarrassed Paul and his relationship for weeks leading up to the fight. So who really won here? Okay, let's get to the latest back and forth following the fight. This is what was posted on Twitter by the two fighters. First, you have Logan Paul saying... Quote, I think Dylan perfectly embodies the problem with society. All crap talk behind a screen, no action, just another peasant running his mouth, contributing nothing to the world but negativity. So happy I got to expose this clown. Dylan clapped back. He said, what did you prove? You didn't even tickle me. You backed out of an MMA fight against me because he actually was trying to get an MMA fight beforehand. Anyways, back to the tweet. Uh, Everyone knows I'm not a boxer, but unlike others, I took on the challenge, even with everything in your favor. Weight, steroids, rounds, rules, judges, referees, the list goes on. I won the war. And then you see there the laugh emoji and the clown emoji. Uh, Okay, so... Obviously, Dylan still thinks he won, and this is why he believes he won the war. So Dylan has been harassing Ogdal, that's Paul's fiance, online for weeks leading up to the fight. He was posting sexually explicit photos and also videos of Ogdal with the Danish model saying that Danis stole the photos from her hacked Snapchat account. So she filed for a restraining order, and it was granted for her because Danis actually didn't even bother to appear in court. Uh, But did that stop Danis from his antics? No, he kept on with the posting. He was posting the same type of content right up until the fight actually went down. So, obviously, when they got to the pre-fight face-off, all bets were off, lots of tension, and this happened. Okay, a lot of commotion. It's it's kind of hard to see from that angle what actually went down, but here's what happened. Logan Paul, he snapped. He took his microphone, threw it at Dylan Danis. 
uh, to which Dennis had his own microphone in his hand. So then he decided to throw his microphone at Logan Paul. He hit him square in the face and busted his face right open. So uh, if we're looking at wins in terms of that confrontation, Dylan won. Uh, but then it was taken a step further. Uh, this wasn't just a physical attack. Uh, there was also a verbal attack with Logan Paul calling Dylan Dennis a predator in order to back up his words he had backup of his own, and that was to catch a Predators, Chris Hansen, who joined him at the pre-fight pre -fight press conference. Uh, to me, that was a classic move. Uh, always been a huge fan of to catch a Predator, so I absolutely love uh, that he had Chris Hansen there. And Logan said at this moment, quote, he's resorted to attacking an innocent bystander woman for this entire fight buildup. Dylan Danis is a stalker. You've got over 600 photos of my fiance on your phone. On your personal phone, you have an entire gallery of a woman you've never met. That's weird. That's not normal behavior. You're a stalker. You're a cyber bully. To which I have to say that is kind of weird uh, that Dylan Danis does have such a large array of another person's fiance on his phone. But obviously, he knew his tactics. He knew what he was trying to get at. Uh, so on that front... Maybe not so weird. Maybe he was just prepared. Maybe he had all strategy. Uh, but listen, not everyone was on Team Paul. Ahead of the fight, Conor McGregor actually tweeted out, and this was to Dylan's effect, Logan, me and her, referring to Ogdal, what's up? Uh, he removed the tweet rather promptly, but still, uh, showed that Dylan Danis had some big support, especially from a guy like Conor McGregor. That means a lot. Uh, but here's the thing. Immediately after the fight, Logan Paul went as far to say that he wanted a baby with his fiance. That would be Nina Ogdahl. Uh, so, uh, clearly another shot, or trying to, I guess, protect what he thought that he had built. And maybe a tactic to seem unbothered, but no chance that he isn't. Uh, no guy, if you ask me, is cool with the world talking about the promiscuity of his soon-to-be wife. So, I am going to say it. Uh, I don't think that this was a flat-out victory for Logan Paul. I'm going to call it a split victory because while he did win the physical fight, Dylan certainly won the internet. He completely disparaged the reputation and sanctity of Logan Paul's and Nina Ogdahl's relationship. And I don't know. I don't know if it will recover. Obviously, Logan Paul has found out a lot of things about his fiance he probably never wanted to hear. Now that he has, will he go to bed at night with a sound mind? Will he feel at peace while he's on the road, not knowing what his fiance is doing at home? I don't know. Lots of questions here. We'll see how it all transpires. But Dylan Danis, you have to imagine, definitely got under the skin of Logan Paul. Uh, but now I turn to another very public relationship, uh, one that's in the public eye and getting attention for all the wrong reasons right now. And that is we turn to Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. They obviously still share the last name, and I would call her his wife, but listen to this, guys. It turns out they have been separated for seven years now. No one knew a thing about it. We had no clue until Jada Pinkett decided to drop this major bombshell in her new memoir that's getting released in a few days from now. So all of this after Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars last year, causing a huge spectacle. You, you all remember that. That's the no, most noteworthy thing that happened at the Oscars. And he even in that moment called Jada Pinkett his wife. And Jada, in her memoir, said she was shocked that Will went to these lengths and called her his wife in this moment. Uh, that is so embarrassing, uh, brutally embarrassing for Will Smith. Uh, if you ask me, he's like an emotionally dependent child on his mother and a very weak man, simply put. Uh, we've known for a while that these two have an open relationship. They have been very vocal about that. I don't even really know what an open relationship means in, in this regard because 
they're not even fully married. They're separated. So it just sounds like Jada Pinkin at this point is doing whatever she wants and Will is respected to remain in line, or at least he has been. Uh, so for Jada to publish her memoir, make all of these revelations, tell everyone the things that we didn't know about their relationship, uh, to me, shows the little respect that she has for her I guess still technically husband will. And one more thing that she also said in the memoir that we have evidence of, and there's probably more bombshells in there, is that she calls Tupac Shakur her soulmate. Guys, I don't know. This is horrible to me. Uh, I actually feel really bad for Will Smith. I think this is an L for him and just an L for masculinity in general. Uh, and on the subject of masculine, this guy we definitely knows uh, has a little bit more of a backbone, I'd say, than Will Smith. So now let's bring in former Patriots player, Jake Baguette. Hello, Jake, how are you? So you probably have heard me get into a couple of the relationships that are in the public eye right now. We have Logan Paul and Nina Ogdahl, and we also have Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. So I know that you are, I, I think I have it correctly, you're a single man? I am, yes. Or are you in a relationship? Okay, no, a single, single guy. Never okay, but put yourself. Okay, here we go. So put yourself in the shoes of these two men. Uh, what would be your reaction uh, if you were in the situation like Logan Paul, where you just found out? Uh, I hate to say this because you know you don't want to call anyone out, but that your now fiance was way promiscuous uh, before you were engaged to her, uh, and it was made public to the world, uh, or uh, also in the shoes of Will Smith that Jada Pinkett uh, is completely just running all over him, showing that she has little respect for a guy who's still technically her husband, uh, but calling other guys her soulmates and things like that. Uh, as a man, how would these things make you feel? Uh, not very good. I, I think both instances are really tragic representations of just the softness and weakness and frankly, the the feminization of our, of our society. Um, you know, for Logan Paul, I mean, I, I think your take, your analysis uh, in your intro was absolutely correct. I mean, it's a it's an awful situation, but it's you know it's a it's a deal breaker. I mean, Dylan, you know, he kind of won the war. I mean, he may have lost the boxing match, but at the end of the day, I mean, he exposed some pretty salacious material about your fiance. And I don't know how you go forward with that kind of thing in the public eye. And you know, ultimately, like I'm I'm I, I would have to guess that Logan was not aware of all that stuff before he got engaged. Uh, but I'm not sure if you would have done that if you were knowledgeable of those things. So as Dylan, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm on his team, but like, you know, at the end of the day, in the long term, you know, he may have done Logan a favor. And then in terms of Will Smith, I mean, he's the ultimate longhouse modern male. I mean, he is totally whipped by Jada. She, you know, he has been for many years. Whipped uh, is such a good word. That's the perfect word to use. He is totally whipped. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really, really sad. I mean, to see someone of Will Smith's stature who is that emotionally broken by her. Um, but unfortunately, that, you know, a, a lot of men these days, um, you know, that's that's really what's happened in our society. Um, you know, the, the 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 power dynamic has slipped so much from, from men to women over the past 50 to 75 to 100 years. And really, you're seeing the culmination of that uh, with these two celebrity dysfunctional relationships. Okay, so... Jake, you actually have so, like you said, there there has been a definitely decli definite decline in what we consider to be a man these days and just society in general. I mean, relationships in general have taken a hard hit. You seem like you still have maintained a lot of the common sense and values of what 
used to represent a man, a steady relationship. How do you go about your dating life? Because for you to ha still have these same standards, I have to imagine, uh, knowing that a lot of people don't value the same things, does that challenge you in trying to find the right woman for yourself? Well, it's, it's much more difficult. And I, I, I should warn your, your viewers, I mean, uh, you, you probably shouldn't take dating advice from someone who's single. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, I think, I, you know, not what always. You said That's there, not true. Maybe you're single. You're single for the right reasons, perhaps. So proceed. No, I, I'm just kidding. So it's like, yeah, ultimately, it, it is a lot more challenging, um, you know, for someone who, uh, you know, has, you know, more traditional values, especially in terms of gender roles, um, you know, especially in my views on, you know, what what a man's role is, what a, what a woman's role is, um, how that dynamic should play out. Uh, there should be a balance there. Um, and it, it, it shouldn't be, um, you know, it, it shouldn't be whatever you want to call the the modern uh, the modern arrangement is, uh, it probably shouldn't be that there's no real historical basis for that. Um, you know, that's just, that's not who God created us to be. And that's why I think you see this dysfunction. Um, you, you see, you see women who are confused about what their role should be. You see men confused about what our role should be. Um, you know, it, 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 in terms of the modern you know, dating situation, um, you know, it's hard to find, it's hard to find people who are, you know, both in agreement with that. That's why I think a lot of uh, a lot of young people are. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not as easy as it once was. Yeah, and they actually are showing. I mean, they, you look at the numbers. I mean, there's a whole group of, of people that that are single now that normally weren't. Uh, the the instances of people being in relationships now has gone way down, which is very sad. But I think uh, what you just said is a testament to that and exactly why it's happening. Uh, okay, so obviously I wanted to get your expertise in the world of dating. Uh, and, I, and I still maintain that because even though you're a single man, it's for the right reasons. And I, and I, and I am hoping, Jake, that you're able to find a woman uh, who holds your same ideals. Uh, but also I brought you on the show because as a former patriot, you know a lot, of, you know a lot about sports. Uh, so I want to ask you on the subject of the Patriots, because we have a lot of people calling for Bill Belichick's job right now. Uh, they just got another loss this weekend, 21 to 17 against the Raiders. Things are not looking good for Bill. I think this is his longest losing streak of his career. And he holds that dual position of being the coach and also the GM, which is something you don't often see in the NFL. So what's your take on it? Does Bill need to A, retire or B, if not retire, does he need to maybe say goodbye to the GM position and just focus on his role as a coach? You know, it's it's hard to see the Patriots struggle like this and, and Coach Belichick. I mean, either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that that comes true so many times in the world of sports. We all know, um, you know, so many great players and coaches who have coached for so long. And, you know, it doesn't always end well. I'm not saying it won't end well. I think uh, Bill is an unbelievable coach. He's the greatest coach of all time, in my opinion. Um, I think he's earned the right to do things the way he wants to do it, uh, to continue to be the GM and the head coach. He's won, what, seven Super Bowls as a head coach, nine total, I think, as a coordinator doing that. Uh, I think he's earned that right. I mean, the, the guy's a genius. Uh, I would trust him. If I, was starting a team, if I was starting a new NFL franchise right now, I would hire Bill Belichick. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not the owner of the team. You know, Robert Kraft is, he's the one who makes those decisions. Um, so not, not to give you a wishy-washy answer, but I would keep him in position as GM and head coach. But I, I understand that in, in, in the NFL, um, you know, it's, it's all about not for long. And if you're not winning, you're not going to be there for long.
Yeah, what, what is it? They say, what I don't care what you did for me. What is, so I, what did you do for me today? Is that the phrase? Yeah, what have you done for me lately? And that is that is so true. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so... I, so Okay, so here's another question. Uh, and I'm asking you this because you know Bill personally, and uh, you had the opportunity to play with Tom Brady, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So there's the ongoing debate also whether or not it was actually Tom Brady that allowed Bill Belichick to have so much success. And now that he's gone, we're seeing a very distinct turnaround. Do you believe that it was Tom Brady that we have to give credit to for Bill's success all those years, or was it Bill that helped Tom to have all of the success? Well, I mean, I've I've said for a long time, and I tell people this, the most important guy on a college football team uh, in the locker room is the head football coach. Um, but I always say that in the NFL locker room or the NFL team meeting room, the most important guy is a starting quarterback. Uh, and that, that does all across the board, all 32 teams – um, the most important guy straight up is the starting quarterback. That's why he's the highest paid guy in the room. Um, and you know, like that, that was certainly true on the Patriots. Like, you know, obviously coach Belichick is, he's the greatest head football coach of all time. Um, but I think Tom proved that, you know, it's a quarterback driven league um, by going to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl separately. I, I think that probably settled the debate um, and, and the struggles that New England's going through right now as they're, they don't, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, I, I think Matt Jones is a decent player, but Obviously, they're, they're kind of hurting at that position. Um, the NFL is all about who your starting quarterback is, period, point blank. You can have a great coach that's certainly going to help your team, give you a competitive advantage. Um, but you see that the same 10 teams in the league are good every single year, and those are the 10 teams that have a great quarterback. Uh, these are all very, very, very fair statements. Uh, okay, let's talk about another angle in sports and one that you can – actually attest to because uh jake not only did you play in the nfl but you're also a former what branch of the military were you in i was in the army okay a former member of the army uh so we're seeing right now something very sad happening in sports because according to a wall street journal poll only 21 percent of americans believe that the united states stands above all countries in the world while 50% said America is one of the greatest countries in the world, along with some others, 27% indicated there are other countries better than the United States. Obviously, we see some of this reflected in sports. We see a lot of players, such as Colin Kaepernick, uh, taking a knee during the national anthem. Uh, we've seen the women's soccer team do some of the same recently. Uh, we saw something really outstanding, which was Aaron Rodgers during the first game of the season. Unfortunately, that was his only game that he was able to uh, run onto the field in such fashion. But he was carrying an American flag. Uh, it was awesome to see. Uh, we need more people like that. But what do you say about the fact that patriotism is on the decline in our country and some of that is being reflected in sports? Yeah, I think it's domain specific. Um, I, I think part of the reason why a couple of those players like Kaepernick and Rapinoe they got such a backlash um, is because people still associate patriotism with sports. Um, you know, there's a lot of things on the decline in our country. Uh, tragically, you know, we we've talked about that ad nauseum. But, you know, one thing that, that remains pretty constant that everyone can be somewhat proud of um, is athletic excellence. Um, you know, you can call it late stage Roman Empire, uh, you know, like host, hosting games in the Coliseum. Uh, maybe we're doing that, but we do care a lot about athletics. Um, people 
you know, certainly um, I would argue they, they care too much about athletics. You know, you see fans brawling in the stands, um, you know, caring about that rather than, you know, say our, our totally wide open Southern border, which is being invaded. That's a separate issue, but exactly. I, I will argue that people, you know, they, they see the best of what they think America should be represented in sports. You know, that's, you know, people of different backgrounds coming together, um, you know, putting an excellent performance on the field or the court, um, you know, the competitive excellence, you know, violence, Americans love violence. So, I mean, I, I think there is there, there's some great things that are still represented in sports. And I would argue that it's that patriotism um, that causes the backlash, you know, when people like Colin Kaepernick or Megan Rapinoe, um, you know, seem to disrespect the flag or disrespect the country. And then on the flip side. Um, that's why they have such a positive response, you know, with the the military flyovers, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, running out of the running out of the tunnel with the flag. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I think that's you know, sports is is kind of still uh, you know where we really hold on to those vestiges of patriotism. Yeah, yeah, I think you make some really good points there. Uh, now switching from uh, pro sports to college sports, I know you're hot on the subject of NIL. Uh, we just got recent news that Haley Cavender, uh, who years ago was named to the ACC, all ACC second team, uh, is looking to enter the transfer portal and go back to school. Uh, she had left and had actually recently signed with WWE or was looking to be one of their emerging talent there. Uh, but it's lo looking like she's going to go back to play college ball. Uh, she might stay with Miami, but she is shopping for the best NIL uh, offer right now. And currently, her evaluation seems to be at $930,000. That puts her at third among all women's basketball players. Uh, so what do you think about this? Uh, the fact that you have someone that left, went to go on to try something different, but now is going back to school and let's be honest, solely for the sake of making money. This has probably nothing to do with her passion for playing college ball. She wants to go make some money and she sees the value and benefit of going back. To me, this rubs me the wrong way. I don't like this. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the like the team spirit, like 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 something you're wanting to build. Like if I'm me, I don't know that I want Haley Cavender on my team because I don't think she's there to help the team out. I think she's there to help herself. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a Billy Madison situation. Uh, you know, Adam Sandler movie. Uh, she's returning to school, you know, purely for monetary reasons. I mean, like, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm 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 all about people achieving their full market value in whatever domain that is. Um, you know, that's why you mentioned I've been a supporter of the NIL. I think the University of Arkansas, my beloved Razorbacks, uh, should embrace the NIL more. Um, you know, it, it's it's I think it's been a good development. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. This is kind of strange. Like, I'm not really sure how she's el eligible to come back um, in school. Maybe, maybe she has an extra year or two left, uh, you know, to, to play. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, you should probably have a certain window to to achieve that. Um, you know, at, at the college ranks, um, it seems strange that she would leave um, to pursue other professional opportunities and then come back. Uh, I will say, though, like I, I think for um, for all athletes, but particularly for female athletes, some people get some blowback um, for what they receive in NIL, um, like like Libby Dunn. But I, I, I'm all for it. I mean, like this is a way to capitalize on your market value uh, for a very short time frame while you're uh, you know a young college athlete. And, you know, whether that's, you know, someone like Caleb Williams at USC, it's kind of a cool story, um, you know, how he's considering staying in school because he's making so much money from the NIL. And he doesn't yeah, want to go to not, one of the right? teams that would draft him number one. 
uh, or Livy Dunn, who's making you know quite a bit of money reportedly. Um, you know, you just just from like modeling brands and things like that. I, I think it's great. I think it's just opened tremendous opportunities uh, for 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 college athletes. And you know, I'm all for it because I've earned money at the professional level. But you know, I think that certain guys at the college level deserve those opportunities, and they're getting it. I definitely think they deserve the opportunities. I'm happy that they're able to finally make money because I think for a lot of times schools were taking advantage of their name, image, and likeness and they weren't seeing a penny from it. But I also can understand the distraction that it could cause. And I think for someone to leave and come back, I just don't know that somebody I want on my team. But all the power to you. If she can go back and make some money and then leave again and go make more money, uh, what more could you possibly ask for? So, Jake, you're awesome. Thank you so much for your insight on all of the different topics we covered, and I can't wait to have you back. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, uh, we've got some political news of the day. It has been found that Donald Trump has defeated Joe Biden in the first event of the presidential Olympics. Now, while we sadly can't show you most of this incredible video that you're about to see on your screen, this was put together by at Steve M voiceover, but Trump posted it to his truth social. It's gotten a ton of traction and he was clearly amused by it, as am I. So what we are currently showing you is what the narrator calls the day one event. This is the Air Force One stairway event. Obviously Trump does fantastic at this event. Since winning the election in 2020 though, it is confirmed that Joe Biden, on your screen right now, can't stand up straight for the life of him. He has fallen or tripped at least 10 times at this point. Is it too much to ask that our president can walk on or off of Air Force One without stumbling or across a stage that garners international attention without tripping over himself? Biden, he is such an embarrassment. Uh, we're not even going to get into his policies or crimes committed. Just his pure physical state is a disgrace and it is beyond me. How anybody in their right mind believes there is even a sliver of a chance he's going to be able to serve another term if he is in fact elected. Forget the fact that Trump is by far the better politician, world leader, negotiator, businessman, all around person. Fact is, he can stand on his own two feet without fear of falling over and that is just another reason, ladies and gentlemen, to make America great again. Now, according to this video, the day two event, walking off stage. That's a big one, a big event, but I have a feeling I know who's gonna come in first place. Uh, his name is not Joe Biden. So do yourself a favor, go online, search for this video. It is absolute gold, but do it after the show is over because we have a lot of great things coming up, but uh, that'll be definitely something to get a good laugh in today. But speaking of a good laugh and another reason why you can't go anywhere, uh, let's bring in host of the Getting Hammered podcast. She's also an OutKick columnist, Mary Catherine Ham. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Charlie? How are you? It's good to see you always. Um, okay, so you just saw the Presidential Olympics. Uh, yeah. It is just so funny to me because this is just something so simple, right? Whether you can get on or off the plane without falling. Uh, it's something that Joe Biden continually is to have trouble doing. Uh, do you think that there's any event, Mary Catherine, that... Joe Biden would potentially beat Trump or honestly any other candidate candidate at this point. I mean, tough to say in a physical competition, I'm guessing probably <laughs> not. Uh, that video is pretty gold. The voiceover is a it British is. Olympic sounding judge <laughs> narrating both of their attempts to go up and down stairs. It's pretty fantastic. I think it also highlights 
kind of the very low expectations we're at in this uh, presidential race, uh, that this is the level of competition uh, between the two. It's like uh, Biden has to fight not to fall up the stairs. Trump, meanwhile, has to fight not to shoot himself in the foot rhetorically over and over again. And uh, and these two are going to be likely facing off and uh, and doing a bunch of both uh, while it's happening. Uh, you talk about low expectations. Yeah. Uh, we're not just talking about presidential candidates at this point. I mean, there are low expectations in so many different areas of the world right now. Uh, one of which is the sacredness of what it means to be a woman and have a safe space uh, when you're a woman. Uh, I just saw an article, I'm sure you saw it too, it was released by the Washington Post this weekend. And it baffled me because it was portraying a trans student named Artemis Langford, who has entered into the Kappa Kappa Gamma fraternity at the University of Wyoming, uh, found to have harassed at least seven girls. Uh, this man also, seven, six foot two, uh, accused of exposing his erection multiple times while appearing aroused in front of the girls in the sorority house. Uh, so there was a lawsuit that was filed trying to get this student expelled from the sorority. Uh, yet the Washington Post is portraying this student to be the victim. When meanwhile, I just stated the facts of what's happened. I mean, this is egregious. This person shouldn't be in a sorority. Uh, this is a biological male. Uh, this is a female sorority. Uh, what does this say about the fact that they tried to file this lawsuit and they lost, and now this trans student has full reign to do whatever they please all around the sorority house? Yeah, no, This the coverage of this was pretty appalling because it gives absolutely no deference and no credit to these seven women who brought this complaint via lawsuit, went to a bunch of trouble to say, hey, um, we are accusing this person of sexual harassment and making us feel actually unsafe, not like campus unsafe where you feel unsafe from words, but actually unsafe in our home which is a sorority house. Okay, this is, a, a, and this is taking from this very sympathetic profile by the Washington Post that doesn't really deal with the, any of the nuances of this, with any of the idea that women might have concerns about this, which is a perfectly reasonable thing to have concerns about. This is a uh, biological male who was uh, is diagnosed with autism, who was probably ill-served by a bunch of mental health professionals, frankly, along the way uh, in, in his schools. He transitions, he wants to join a sorority. And then when that happens, he's making women uncomfortable. And we can't have a conversation about this in the national media that at all addresses women's concerns, that all, at all addresses the vast majority of people who think it's reasonable to have these concerns. And instead we have to dress it up in this incredibly sympathetic one-sided telling of the story, which is a lot of nonsense, including the fact that the reporter couldn't even get the uh, Matthew Shepard murder correct, which actually in all likelihood in the courts has been found not to have been motivated by his sexual preference. Uh, but it is a narrative serving story that gets stuck in this new narrative serving story because mm -hmm. both of these incidents happened in Wyoming. So I would suggest if the reporter can't get that right or deal with the humanity of the women who are making these complaints, uh, you shouldn't trust that reporter on the rest of the things. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of what is the solution here, right? Because you have these women that feel extremely uncomfortable. I mean, the fact that this guy has exposed himself and he's he's 
very clearly identifies as a heterosexual, you know? So this is a, this is a, gosh, I don't even know what term to use anymore, Mary Catherine. It's, it's hard to even have these discussions in being like, quote, politically correct, um, yeah. which uh, politically correct means nothing anymore. But we have a biological man in a sorority house who has been exposing mm -hmm. himself. He's, he's attracted to women. Well, I mean, the, these girls again, have every right to feel uncomfortable. I just don't understand what, what we're doing here. You are, you are putting in these, these women in, in a hugely vulnerable position uh, to be assaulted and even if not straight up assaulted, just to be made very uncomfortable. They don't even have any privacy. Well, and again, in this incredibly sympathetic piece that I just recently read, so I remember the details of it, uh, the reporter actually concedes some of the exposing because what the reporter says is that this person couldn't find, was newly transitioned and couldn't find modest clothing to wear. To me, that suggests that even this person writing PR for Artemis knows what happened here, that there was exposing going on. Now the court decided, okay, that they're not going to define woman for this organization. And therefore they're not going to impose that on this organization. But I would suggest a bunch of sororities look at their governance and women in those sororities look at their governance and decide right now what is going to be their definition and how they're going to protect women who are in these houses. Because this is going to happen at tons of other universities um, as evidenced by the fact that it's happening Wyoming of all places. And uh, I think sororities should think about what their policy is going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And it's not just sororities. I mean, this is this is unfortunately a trend we're seeing on, you know, sports, sororities. Uh, it feels like any any space that a woman had to call their own uh, no longer belongs to them. And it's it's very sad and very troubling. Uh, if I'm a parent, I'm pulling my daughter out of that sorority immediately. If I'm the sorority sisters, I'm staging a boycott. I'm going to say, hey, no, we're all leaving. Uh, and if this is who you want to represent the sorority, then Artemis uh, can be the lone member of this chapter of the sorority. Uh, that, that would be my take on it all. But of course, I am beyond the age of being in a sorority. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's move on because I'm also beyond the age of just being in college in general. Uh, but we had a really cool spectacle this past weekend because there was over 55,000 fans who watched the Iowa women's basketball team take on DePaul. There was an outdoor preseason women's college basketball game. It was in Iowa City. Uh, and that doubled the 20-year-old attendance record for an NCAA women's game. Caitlin Clark, obviously a huge draw. Uh, but there are so many stars like her also in the WNBA, and we still don't see the WNBA putting up numbers like this. So what's the difference here between the NCAA and the WNBA that the WNBA can't scrounge up the same amount of, I guess, support that college teams are right now? Yeah, I actually really like these events. Nebraska uh, women's volleyball did this as well, where they filled the Huskers uh, football stadium for these women. Look, women athletics does get lower numbers. It does not have as much interest. It is nice every now and then to see these women who work incredibly hard, get a giant audience. And it's driven by their fellow students and their community from their schools saying, Hey, we want to give them recognition. Let's make a whole event out of it. Let's make it uh, like, let's blow the top off this place. And it's getting so much attention. It's getting people in these seats when they wouldn't otherwise be in these seats. I think some of that, though, is driven by something the WNBA doesn't have, which is loyalty to these schools and to the school community mm -hmm. and being used to going to a That's football a stadium and knowing how electric that feels. The WNBA is young by comparison to all of these 
to all these schools and does not have that same organic, long-founded uh, support. And so I think it's going to be hard to drum up that kind of excitement absent a very exciting event like this that comes from sort of an organic, already fandom place. That's the issue for them. That is a very, very good point. Uh, I didn't really think about it like that. Loyalty is everything. And I think that also by staging a really different type of event outdoors in the football stadium rather than just in the traditional setting of inside the arena also has a huge effect. The weather's nice. People are getting excited. You've got Caitlin Clark. You've got people just excited to attach themselves to the name of the school that they go to. Uh, all very good points. Mary Catherine Ham, you are a joy. Thank you so much for being here. And I know we are going to see you soon. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, uh, time for my final story of the day. The push for pronouns has reached the point of absolute insanity. Watch this. Okay. All right, are you ready? Let's get started. Do you see this person next to me? He is my friend. Sia's had to put up with a lot to get to where Purr is today. I just want to let Glint know that Thon is valid, that Ver pronouns are valid, and that Sarah identity is valid. I wish Void all the best, and look forward to maybe even seeing some of their lovely content someday. Please, treat them with respect, and I'm sure A will respect you too. So how did that feel? That felt like I just got way dumber. I truly have no idea what this person said or is talking about. It sounds like they are speaking a completely different language because they are. According to sexualdiversity.org, there are now 107 different types of genders, meaning they all get their own pronouns. Not that I advocate for this insanity, but if I did, let's just say, how is a person expected to know all of the pronouns and how to use them appropriately? Quite honestly, I didn't even know how to refer to the creator of this video. On the subject of being politically correct, I really don't even know what to say about this person. Uh, I am profoundly concerned about the psychological health of our society today, and I mean that for both children and adults. We have overemphasized emotional safety, and it is causing us as a culture to regress. People have become overly fragile and scared, and they're unable to cope with adversity as a result of this mental breakdown. Minor inconveniences have become huge ordeals. Everyone feels attacked or like they are the subject of a social injustice, and we as a society validate these tantrums. By trying to protect everyone, we have taken away the ability for people to undergo normal maturation processes, which allow them to take experiences, whether good or bad, and then to grow from them. Our society is psychologically unwell, and by continuing to validate all of this madness, like what we just saw in this video, it's only going to get worse. Ah, <sighs> Okay, that's all I have. Guys, uh, what a fun show this has been. I'm so happy to have had you here with me. As always, it's an absolute pleasure. And guess what? There's another show on deck for you tomorrow. So right now, you have one job. Just one job. Hit the subscribe button. Also, if you want to take on a second or third job, you can hit like. You can leave a comment. And if you want a fourth job, guys, find me on social media 
at Charlie on TV. That's my handle across all of the platforms. And I'm always looking for feedback or just a simple hello will suffice. But until tomorrow, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Let's make the most of this Monday. See you later. Hey, looking for the hottest sportsbook offers at OutKick? Find exclusive promotions, expert bets, latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet.